welcome, 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 welcome to the Barnabas Speaks podcast. If this is your first time listening to Barnabas Speaks podcast, a podcast about encouragement, podcast about empowerment, and a podcast about faith. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I am glad that you are here. Once again, this is your first time listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am excited. We have we have another week, and we are going to get ahead and get started. We're gonna go. We're gonna get straight into it. And so, as we go and move forward, uh, one of the things that I definitely want us to kind of talk about is we've been talking about sex, money, and food. Sex, money, and food. Last week, uh, we talked more about sex. And the week before we had my brother, Elder Kevin Hill on, and I'm definitely looking to see when he can get back on, when he'll be back on. But this week, we're going to continue on. And so if you remember, one of the things that we said that we talked about of how this topic, this series started was, excuse me, uh, how this series started was we're reading a book, uh, me and Kev, we were reading a book uh, called Misreading Scripture, through Western eyes. And this is, it was like the first section, first chapter. And one of the things that we pulled away from the, the book, one of the things that we pulled away from just kind of our reading and our study was the importance of community. And as we begin to talk about sex, as we begin to talk about money, as we begin to talk about food, begin to talk about the impact it has on an individual. Uh, one of the things that we have to remember is the pressure, the push that I was talking about is the the power of the value of community in these in these situations, the value of community uh, in as a person grows. And I think because we have we are in such a we're in, we happen to be in society that we grow, especially if you're a listener from America. We happen to be a, in the society. Uh, and I see that my camera has froze. So we're going to switch over to another camera. Uh, we happen to be in the society that yes, so I hope this is I think this should be a little better. Uh, we happen to be in a society that does not truly value the impact of community. Uh, and I think that that's one of the things that we have to, I do not like being as close up on, on the, uh, the camera, but uh, I think that's one of the things that we have to begin to uh, address within ourselves is the, the value of community. Uh, as Because we're individually mindset, we have this idea of, of pulling ourselves up by, from our bootstraps. We have this idea of, of, of making it on our own, we don't value community. And because we don't value community, we begin to pass down those kind of same thoughts to our, our children, to our, our students, to our mentees. And like, you got to just dig down and get it on your own. And that is not really how the world works. And so as I begin to think about money and I think about sex, I think about food and all the things that we learn, we learn because it's passed down, but not realizing that in everything that we begin to think about, when we do it as a community, we do it better. When we think about even our diets and our workout regimens, when you when you have a group of people doing together, even if you're not necessarily working out together, but but you're you're attacking this weight loss, you're attacking this healthy living, this healthy lifestyle together, 
it becomes something that becomes attainable because you're stronger together. And as we begin to, one of the, the kind of focused scriptures as we started this off, if we think about community, is uh, Genesis uh, chapter 11. Uh, and as we talk about Genesis chapter 11, we think about the, the Tower of Babel and how they came together. And God's testimony on the people is that the people are one. Nothing that they set their minds to do because they are together, because they're speaking the same language, because they are moving as one and in one purpose. There's nothing that they cannot accomplish. This is God's testimony. All right. This is before the Ten Commandments. This is before uh, Moses, before this is even before Abraham. This is the testimony that God is saying about these people. And so the reality of it is, is that if we, we begin to allow ourselves to come back into community, and we have to get excited about community. We have to get excited about depending on each other. We have to get excited and, and be invested into pouring into each other and, and to, to locking arms. And you be, I always think about the, the even the, the, the chain links. And so if we begin to think about the times where we were required to lock arms. And so if you're locking arms, you even think about the scenes from the civil rights it is harder to break that, break you down. You even think about when you were a kid and and you all, you had an older sibling and you said, don't make me go get my big brother, my big sister, because you felt that in numbers as a community, that family community type mindset, there was nothing that you couldn't do because you were never alone. You were never alone. And Part of the challenge is, is that when we think about our struggles with money, when we think about our struggles with sex, and we think about our struggles with uh, food and and all those things, they we struggle with them a lot of times because we're trying to take them head on by ourselves. And, and we say, yeah, we have God on our side, but sometimes God's strategy is to put people in your life to assist you. Even God's testimony about Adam and Eve in the garden, when he, when he makes Adam, one of the things he said is that it is not right that man should live alone, that he should have a help me. And we think that only applies to marriage. But what he's saying is that man was not to be, and I got this, this is not my thing. I got it from uh, T.D. Jakes. Man is not meant to be all alone. Man is not to be all one. The idea of it is that, that it is not good that that man be all one. It's not good that we try to do this thing by ourselves. And there's power in numbers, the power of, because we try to move away from group thing. But the, uh, the, when we have a collaborative effort on, when we have collaborative effort on and parenting, and when we begin to think about even the studies that talk about having both parents in a household, but it's not just that, is that when you have two whether it's co-parenting, excuse me, I'm tired, but uh, whether it is um, whether it's the village mindset, whether it's uh, mom, dad, grandparents, uncles, aunts, when you have that village mindset about raising a child, it becomes less, less weight. It becomes less of a weight trying to raise this, this child by yourself when you're a single parent or when, when, or even when you, for instance, me and my wife raising our son, when we have support, it, it seems like it, we, we seem less isolated. Like it's 
that is not just me and my wife trying to figure this out on our, set, our own. And don't get me wrong, we are still doing the majority of the par parenting. But when you have that community aspect of how to, to, to begin to raise this child, where, where there's people that, that are invested in the well-being and the health of the child, um, where you don't feel like it's just you by yourself. And we begin to think about even when we think about the struggles and the challenges with sex, I'm, I speak on, on on sex and money because those are the things where I found myself challenged, and and so a lot of times trying to deal with themselves, dealing with them, and not having a a village that I could go to that I felt comfortable going to. Because two weeks ago we talked about the ability to to go to someone and talk to them about these things, but not having a village or a person that I felt comfortable to talk to comfortable enough to speak with and to talk to about my struggles. And the reality of it is the first, the one time that I was able to, to share it, I'll never forget. I was, this one, I was stationed in New Jersey and I was part of a word of word of life Christian center in uh, New Jersey. And we went to go minister to the prison and I gave my testimony. The first thing that happened was brothers came out, brothers from the church say, this is what I struggle with too. Let me tell you. And then they, and then, so now they're, their testimony added to my faith. And then someone else say, I struggle with it too. And this is some of the books I read and this and that, and this would help me. And this is how I, I begin to move towards not struggling with certain things sexually. But the, the problem is, is now my, I'm putting now the onus back on the church is that we have to get away from shying away from things when it comes to money, food, and 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 sex. A lot of times, the only thing that we talk about when it comes to money is tithes and offering, and it makes people want to clam up. The only thing we talk about when it comes to sex is abstinence uh, only, and, and 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 abstaining. And what happens to the person that does not, that don't feel like they're strong enough to abstain, and how do they get through this? And 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 sexual intercourse is not the only struggle that people have with sex. They're, because we, we do not talk about these things, because we don't talk about uh, some of the, the issues within our community as it pertains to sex when it comes to molestation and statutory rape and uh, and all these different things, uh, uh, por pornography and f easy access to sexual material. And we don't begin to talk about these things and we don't begin to talk about them in a healthy manner. And we do not begin to pour into parents and be pour into parent to families that these are things that how do I have this healthy conversation? And then we we get we get offended or we find ourselves taking offense when parents are going to seek uh, a sex therapist or or healthy, uh, healthy sexual uh, experts, uh, healthy uh, family, healthy sex 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 therapists and things of that nature uh, or family sex health uh, or when they're going to see uh, professional secular counselors and therapists, we we find ourselves in offense. It's just, like, we have to realize it's just in the recent years, like when I say recent, that people have become that therapy within the, specifically the, as we begin to think about the, the, the Pentecostal faith. Uh, and that is both, uh, I know normally we, we, we restrict to the black church, but the black and white church, we think about the Pentecostal church, there was always this thing that if you want to be healed, you got to pray hard enough. But sometimes God has poured some, something in someone to be able to assist you. But that's beside the point. We have only just recently got comfortable with, with, with Christians going to therapy and Christians getting 
uh, secular counseling. But some of the reason why that was necessary, and it's, this is not knocking that because I believe in therapy, I believe in counseling, both secular and non, and both Christian and uh, and secular. Uh, but part of the reason was that we were not talking about the issues that were impacting our families. And we what we would do is we would talk about faith in a very general, we would talk about people's faith work, walk and the life as a Christian in a very general sense, very, very overarching sense. We're never touching on the true issues. And some of that is because we don't want to hear from our leaders that we, a lot of times we don't like to hear our leaders' struggles. But even then, we only want to know a little bit. But if, if if a pastor can't tell you, I remember I was watching the episode of, of what was it? What was it? Uh, the Carmichael Show, and uh, with Gerard Carmichael. And one of the things that one of the episodes is when the pastor admitted and let it from the pulpit that he had that he struggled with pornography. And one of the characters that was the, the supposed to supposed to be the, the the Christian example in the family. She was thrown off by like, how dare he share that? Uh, how dare he share that he struggles? And that because and that is why that is why we see, we're seeing pastors and and preachers and leaders and um, Christians commit suicide because they they feel like there's no outlet. And so, but if we begin to look at the struggles that we have and begin to attack it as a community, if we begin to look at these things and say, hey, let us go upon Let's let's beat this from the community aspect rather than individual aspect. And so we begin. We talk about small groups, and we have all these small groups in church. We need these help groups and small groups in the church because it says that 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 we they overcame him, him being the 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 the, the, the enemy by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the word of their testimony. And so the, the fact is that as we give our testimony, as we share our struggles, it now no longer feels like an individual struggle. It now feels like a group activity and that we're attacking this. I don't have to go up this hill by myself when we can go up the hill and, and attack the enemy up the hill as a group. It, we feel more confident and my confidence is raised by your confidence and your confidence is raised by my confidence. And now we're going up and we're going to meet the army and the, the enemy in battle. And as we go up, we feel encouraged that our brother and sister are, are, are right next to each other, are right next to us. And because we, we do not talk about the struggle and now we, and I want to talk about this and I think that I need to see about getting a, 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 Somebody to speak on this from the female perspective, because once again, I, I I'm all male, and I also my goal is to for for people that this is not going to be an all male podcast, and that you begin to hear female voices and to speak out from a, a faith perspective. But that I'll give that little note at the end for housekeeping purposes. But but the fact is that we have we have even inside of non black churches, I know that in a lot of uh, we'll say Caucasian churches or what is known as diverse churches. I'm, I'm putting quotation marks on it because a lot of times it's not that diverse. It's really just black and white and more white than a few black people, not considering the, 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 the Asian and the Hispanic population. And uh, 
and other population, the, the Indian population. And we're not thinking about the, that, but that's neither here nor there. But my, my point is that even in those groups, when they have things about pornography addiction and, and masturbation, it's more always gear, geared towards men, never geared towards women. And so, so, so imagine if you're a woman struggling with certain things as it pertains to sex and you can't, you can't find assistance in your community because everything is geared towards men. Or maybe it's not, it's not outwardly stated towards men, but there is such a, a stigma, there's such a, 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 a unwritten rule that women are not supposed to have these struggles so you don't feel comfortable and going to have this conversation with anybody. Uh, and so now there may be a community for men, but it's not a community for women. And this is not, this, this is, uh, even like, even if you think about, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm just a little aside, but even when you think about marriage, a lot of times it's so geared towards women there. There are singles groups that are geared more towards women and not geared towards men is always about how, how do you prepare a woman to 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 become be ready for marriage, but never how do you prepare a man to become for marriage? And because we're attacking, and so what happens to the person that's interested in marriage but doesn't doesn't feel like there's anywhere in his community that they that he can go, or what happens to the woman that it, that that has questions about her sexuality and think different things, but there's nowhere in their community that she can go, and what. We are attacking these things at half our strength, not even half our strength, at maybe a, a, certain, a, a small percentage of our strength by excluding ourselves from the group or not having a group where a person can feel includes, included in. And so what we, the church, I'm speaking from the church's perspective and I'm speaking from the community perspective because that's what I'm, that's where I'm called to. That's where I'm assigned to. And so we... Now must break down these stigmas. We must now break down these barriers because these barriers, these stigmas become prisons. And the, 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 the word of God says that the truth shall set us free. The word of God says that I came not to condemn, but I've come that, that, that you may have uh, that you may uh, that you may live life abundantly. I came that you would be that you would be set free and live in liberty. I've come that you should know the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that you are not meant to live in this isolated life. Isolation is what the enemy does to get you by yourself. Even if we think about Adam and Eve, the moment they got the, the Eve now, 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 uh, I'm sorry. The enemy now comes, Satan now comes and speaks to Eve while she's isolated. And then Eve now after being, uh, being isolated and then, then takes takes the, the the same thing to to her husband, and then her husband now uh, part, partakes in this this sin. The fact is that when you live on this island, while you think that there's some type of strength on being all alone and by yourself, there's strength me on being able to detach from the group from time to time. But there's no strength, and it, 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 you're not stronger because you can you can isolate yourself. You're stronger. You are stronger in numbers. You're stronger together in your community. And your community doesn't have to be 50, 60 people. Your community could be four or five people. Your community could be your, 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 your group of friends, your, your core group of friends. Uh, and, and, and that's fine. 
But as long as you're sharpening each other, as long as you're attacking things together, I'm, I'm telling you there are things financially that you can do better as a group. And I'm not just talking about this, the the uh the the the, the, the blessing loom, or I'm not talking about uh the 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 blessing circle. I, I I'm not really I'm and I'm not knocking those things, but what I'm saying is that even financially, uh, if you have a group of, of people to say, hey, we're gonna pay our debt, and so you have accountability partners and say, hey, so a person that can say, hey, no, you don't need to spend that. Let's just let us come together, let's 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 meal prep together as a, as, a, as a group so that way we're holding each other accountable. Then then it leads over to food because this is a village community approach. We have to take that kind of approach. We have to begin to stop looking at, at ways to, to isolate ourselves because I, I, contrary to popular belief, this bootstrap mentality is a lie. The idea that all you have to do is pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Yes, do I believe in working hard. But my, my, my dad also, my dad told me two things. Anything worth, worth, worth doing is worth doing right. And sometimes it's going to take hard work. But he also said work smart, not hard. And so some of us are taking the long way because we we believe that we have to do it by ourselves and that we don't need any assistance and to prove that there was no one else there. But that is folly. You're stronger in a group. There's more information and more wisdom in the group because no matter how much, how how great you feel your vantage point is, your, your, your perspective is still limited. Your perspective is limited to the elevation that you are on the ground. Your perspective is limited to your specific height. Your, your, limitation, your, your perspective is limited to your, your vision, which you can see. Your perspective is limited to your experience because just because you can see something doesn't mean that you're experiencing and to understand what you're seeing. And so when you isolate yourself, when you isolate yourself and your struggles with masturbation and your struggles with, with pornography and your struggles with, with uh, sexual, sexual promiscuity and your struggles with uh, 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 unhealthy sexual thoughts. And that's not for me to decide what's unhealthy, but I do think that there are some things that, that, that you, all these different things what you need is a safe place to talk about these things. And I believe that it should be in some of these church groups. I believe that it should be in the church. I believe that it should be in your community of friends. I believe that it should be in your community where you live. I believe those things. But you need a safe place, not only to where you can safely and comfortably and sometimes uncomfortably share with your community, with your church groups, but also where you could be held accountable for your actions within those groups. See, I'm not, I'm not saying that we having this conversation, you're sharing all this for the sake of sharing. I'm saying this, that you're sharing this so that way you don't have to, the thing that you know that you have to attack, the thing that you know that you have to overcome, you don't have to overcome it by yourself. You do not have overcome it by yourself. Remember God's testimony in Genesis. He says that there's, because they were speaking the same language, they have one purpose. There's nothing that they can't do. 
if you get in this group, if you get in this community and you want to build this tower, whatever your tower may be, maybe it's financial freedom. Maybe it's to, to, to buy real estate. Maybe it's to, to start a nonprofit. Maybe it's to start a business. Maybe it is to, to, to buy your, your hood back, your neighborhood back. And you're trying to figure out how you can do it by yourself. And what God is saying is, it's not right that man should live all alone. It's not right that man should be all one. So I'm going to give him a helper. I'm going to send help in the form of another person because it's not right that you should be all one. It's not right that you should be all by yourself. You're trying to walk in this Christian life all by yourself and you wonder why you keep on stumbling because there's no one to help pick you up. They are, you don't have to live by yourself. I don't care what they told you. The devil is a liar. You needing people and, and and having people by yourself to hold you up, having a pastor that can speak truth to you, but also speak life to you is, is going to help you. I know what you tell them. I know what you said that you said that, that you can just, uh, you can praise and have church right inside your, 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 your bedroom. You can have right there in your living room. And this pandemic showed us that we could. And that is, that's true. But your walk was never meant to be an isolated walk. Even though you may have church in your in your house, even in the in the the church in Acts, when they were having services in the house, it was small groups coming together and worshiping. It was small groups encouraging each other. It was small groups that that said that we have all things in common, so that there was never a need within the body. What I'm telling you, beloved, is that you're isolating yourself. When you should be opening yourself up. I know this is contrary to popular belief. I know it, that when you go through something, you just want to kind of pull back to yourself. But the reality of it is, is that you're not going to get there. You may get there. Let me put, let me, let me walk that back. You may get there, but God wants you to know that you can get there quicker. You can get there quicker if you allow yourself to be opened up and that you open yourself up to the community and you let the community open themselves to you. Now, I know this is not popular, but this is what God is saying. In this time of pandemic, this time of isolation, this time of racial strife, this time of uncertainty. God is saying, go back to the village. Go back to the community. Yes, it's great. I'm glad that you prayed to me five times a day, but I'm not impressed that you prayed to me five times a day, but you do not invest in the community I blessed you with. There's power in the community. Your voice is louder in the community. Your words hold more strength inside the community. Your dollar stretches longer inside the community. 
Families are strengthened in the community. It used to be stronger when, when you knew each other's families. Now we don't, the world is so crazy, we don't even trust our next door neighbor. We don't know our next door neighbor's name. We don't know they have children. We don't know they need food. I remember the champions, next door neighbors when we lived in Newburgh, New York. And when we lived in New York, when they would go out of town, we would, we would watch their house for them, check their mailbox. When we go out of town, they would watch our house for us and check our mailboxes. Now with all the technology, we have the ring and we can, we can look and see who's approaching the house and we get, we get alerts on our phone. And we do not know our neighbor. And we don't care to know him. We don't care to know her. There used to be a time where without, I would hope to say without any other arterial motives that men in the community would help single moms with their young boys and women in the community would help single fathers with their young girls, even if it was just doing their hair. With no, I'm sure they were still arterial motives, I'm sure. But no one pulled away to help because it didn't go their way. And if, it, and if that was the case, if that is the case, we need to stop it. We need to get back to being a community of believers. We need to get back to being a village that raises children. We need to get back to it. We keep on talking about this generation this and this generation that. What I want to tell you is shut up. That's what I want to tell you about. I, but I've always been a defender of the generation. And what happens is the older generation always looks down on the younger generation and tells the, the, older gen, the younger generation what they're not doing and what they're doing wrong and how they're doing differently. But if they're doing something wrong, if they're doing something poorly, if they're doing things completely differently that to the point to where it is ineffective or ineffective, then we must look at as a reflection. That generation must look at a reflection on what they taught that generation. Stop giving your stop showing your highlight reel of about when you well, your generation or what you did and begin to talk about some of the things that you missed and how 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 you lived in contention with the previous generation before you. We talk about music and music is trash, this and music that. Do you know that our parents said the same thing? The, the reality of it is that music's not for us, so that you're not helping. You can be critical and be helping. And so there's a line from, I know this is not a popular person right now, but there's a line from uh, Kanye West's mother's book, Donda West, uh, the late Donda West. And she said that she was frustrated at her, at Kanye one time, because she was in a rush and it seemed like he was just, she was, he was making her late. And he looked up at her and said, only what helps mom. And you can be critical and be helping. You can, it could be, it could be criticism and help. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't criticize. I'm not saying that you shouldn't hold people accountable. 
But if your your accountability is not helping, if your 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 criticism is not helping, if it's not constructive criticism that helps build, then it's not it's no good. You're just yelling. You come off as bitter. But if we're gonna go back to being in the community, if we if we want our children to live healthy sexual lives, if we want our children to live to live lives within financial freedom and financial wisdom and financial knowledge. If we want our kids to, to eat healthier and to be healthier and to, 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 to do all they can to avoid cancer, to do all they can to avoid diabetes, to do all they can to avoid all these diseases and things that can come from foods. If we want that to be the case, then we must pour into them only what helps. Stop getting on your soapbox and tell this generation what they're not doing because you're not helping. Be the village and pour into them. Yes, you can hold them accountable. I believe you should hold them accountable. But if you're not going to, to, to also, as you're holding them accountable, help build them up. And sometimes the only thing you want to do is tear down and say, I'm tearing down to build them up. But what you do is you tear them down and walk away and hope that the next person builds them up. No, if you're going to build, tear them down, which I'm not really a big fan of this, but if you're going to tear them down, you make sure that you put up on a, a strong foundation. You make sure that you're a wise master builder. Because anybody can be a demolition expert. And even, let me let me track that back. Anybody can demolish, but everyone is not a demolition expert because there is a constructive way. I watch a lot of HGTV. And so there's a constructive way to, to demolish what you don't need without ruining, ruining or destroying what you need. So you may need the drywall to come down, but you may still need the framing that, that the drywall is hanging on. But if you demolish indiscriminately, you will tear down the good framing and you will have to rebuild what was good. And now it takes you longer to, to, to renovate that house, if I'm using this analogy. Some of, the, some of the children that you're tearing down, they have a good frame, they have a good structure. There's just some drywall, which is very, very easy to take down. Very cheap. So it doesn't take a lot of, it won't necessarily take a lot of time, but the frame is still good. Sometimes all it is is that you're removing carpet that's over good and, 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 and good quality hardwood. And so it, you just, you make sure that you do a good job, but if you just take an ax and you're messing up the wood that's under it, You've ruined the quality of that wood. What I'm saying is that if we're going to, if you want to mentor the, the generation, you make sure that you're doing it in wisdom. You make sure that you're doing it not just to be critical, not to be the angry old man or angry old woman that is tearing them down, talking about your music sucks, you don't know about real hard work, this and that. Well, the other side of that is, is that we were, we would fail as a generation if we didn't make things easier for the generation to come after us. That is something that we're failing on. Now, this, this, this student debt, we're failing on that. But 
things have changed in a sense where a four-year degree is not necessary to be successful. Now, you still need wisdom. You may still need certification. You may still need different things, but you can learn a lot more. If we're going to be a community that builds, be a community that, 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 that lifts up, we have to make sure that that's what we're doing. And a lot of times our youth, they can't hear us because we're yelling so loud about what we don't like. And we're yelling so loud, we're speaking down to them with no buildup. And we call this, and this is what we do. This is, and because everyone thinks that their generation had the toughest and they worked the hardest, and we call them, we'd be like snowflakes and this and that. Maybe this generation is better at communicating what they dislike. And what we begin to normalize was unhealthy. And I'm not saying that we got it all wrong, and I'm, but I'm also saying that we're not, we didn't get it all right. And I'm telling, I'm telling my parents' generation, they, they didn't get it all wrong, but they also didn't get it all right. What's helping? What's going to help build? One of my, my key things in the book that I loved was that when they were talking about teenagers, maybe 17, 18, even maybe 20, 21-year-olds going on a date, and this is in India, and they felt like it was because they're so community minded. They thought they felt like it was too much pressure to expect seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-olds to be able to resist the temptation not to do something that they shouldn't be doing. Whatever that is, it's not just sexually. And so they went out as a group, and they supported each other to realize that. What we do is we send the 18-year-old out there to college and say, go and be successful. Not somehow blocking out what we were like at 18. What kind of decisions we made at 18 and 19. And then they come back and they feel like a failure. Where we could have sent them out as a community and the community support them. But they didn't feel like it was, they were all by themselves. But they feel like when they made a wrong decision that it was the end all be all. And it really, I don't want to even say a wrong decision, they just made a decision that they now have to live with. And we talk about children out of wedlock. And the truth be told, a lot of us, yeah, a lot of us, when we say that we weren't doing these things, some of y'all talking about I wasn't having sex at that age. Uh, some of y'all, it's because no one had sex with y'all. I didn't get pregnant at that age. Some of y'all just, it was by the grace of God. It wasn't from lack of, it wasn't from your maturity. Some of you that said, well, I never, uh, I never overdrew my account or I never had late charges. That's because some of y'all, some of y'all had the village to protect y'all. 
or some of you guys didn't have any money to, 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 to overdraw. Some of you that felt like you ate so healthy, some of that is because your your parents. I remember growing up, I can count on my hands probably within a year how many times we ate out. And I'm talking about fast food and everything. It wasn't common. It just it just wasn't a common thing. And even then, we wasn't getting a whole meal. Me and my brother used to split a Whopper when they were, the Whoppers were 99 cents. I don't even like Burger King now. But when the Whoppers were 99 cents, my brother used to split it. My dad, like, he'd go to Burger King, like, give me two Whoppers on the board. I get a half, I get a half. And they control what we ate. We didn't eat out a lot. We ate a lot more food at home. Man, remember McDonald's money? This, and so we think that we're so healthy, but that came from the village. Some of our strongest moments, the things that we thought that we figured out on our own is because of the village. Who you are as an adult now is because of the village with your parents and others poured into you. But we have to be active participants in the village. This was not supposed to be a soapbox about the youth, but that's where we are. God said that it's not right that man should be alone. It's not good. It's not good that he should be all one. So let me make a help meet for him. And it's not just about marriage. It's about your brothers who's that standing beside you. We'll do better in community. We'll do better if we create a community environment inside the church. Some of the most effective churches now are those that feel less like an institution and more like a family, more like a village. And we need those. We need to get back to the village. We need to get back to community. Some of the things that we're asking people to do by themselves, we're setting them up for failure. Sometimes they need to know that they're not by themselves, that we're going to charge that hill as a group. We're going to charge our, uh, our love handles as a group. We're going to charge our love for fried foods and going back to baked, good, baked foods and grilled foods up the hill as a group. We're going to attack this diabetes as a group. We're going to attack our physical health, our working out and all that as a group. We're going to attack some of my sexual struggles as a group. We're going to attack these financial troubles and or financial goals as a group. You don't have to be alone, beloved. You do not have to do this alone. In fact, God doesn't want you to do it alone. Contrary to popular belief. I'm rocking, so that means I'm, I'm starting to feel it. So let's get back to community. I don't know how much longer we're going to be on this topic. I definitely want to bring Kev back. I definitely want to reach out to some people. I want to kind of have a dialogue as it pertains to Uh, sexual bias within our communities, within our church. Uh, 
and I need to kind of pray about who we can have on. I don't want it just to be males. Uh, I want to hear. I want. I want my my you my listeners to hear some female voices as well. Uh, and we go from there. But I I. If you're interested on being on in the podcast on the podcast, I ask that you would reach out to me. Uh, one day I hope to have sponsors. One day I hope to be able to 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 financially uh, pay someone, pay people to 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 be on the podcast. But right now, those that have interest in being the podcast, reach out to me. You can reach out to me via social media. I am Cloyd Brown everywhere. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find me at Cloyd Brown. Or you can email me at cloyd.s.brown at gmail.com. Cloyd.s.brown at gmail.com. And we can talk, we can have, we can have you on. And we can talk about a few different things. And and so and even if you have some topic ideas, please share that. Some things that you have struggled with that you would like for us to attack and talk about. But uh I I want us to get back to the community and to the village. And I, I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I pray that this has been uplifting to you. I pray that this is helping you. I pray that this podcast is helping you. This podcast is blessing you. It's blessing me. And I'm just thankful. I'm grateful. Uh, until next time, I want to thank everyone for coming out. And remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God. God bless you. God love you. See you next week.